0: This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly podcast, you will get the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, and baseball from HOL's Sean Callahan, Robin Washet, Dan Hoppen, Nate Klaus, and Greg Peterson. Now, here's your host, HuskerOnline.com publisher,
1: Sean Callahan. And it's like Christmas morning here at the Callahan household as we get ready to start the HuskerOutline.com podcast as it is the... Opening day of fall camp here on Thursday, the opening weekend of fall camp. The Mike Riley era now officially about to begin here as uh, we've waited a long time. It feels like that Holiday Bowl and the Iowa game were years ago, and Mike Riley was hired years ago. Finally now we get to see him uh, get a team ready for a game as they get ready for that BYU opener uh, with the practices. I bring in Robin Washett. Dan Hoppen. will have Nate Klaus on later in the show, uh, but guys, this is what we've been uh, what we've been waiting for.
2: Yeah, we're less than a month away from Nebraska's first game now, and that is a very welcome thing. <laughs> we've talked a lot of you know about comparing these staffs and you know what the new staff brings in and everything. Now we actually you know get to start to see it on the field and. Like I said, that's a really welcome change.
3: Yeah, I think for the coaches, the players, media, fans, I think everybody just is ready to get back to football a little bit. You know, we spent the entire summer and spring talking about, uh, you know, what this team could be and, you know, all the the expectations and uh, potential that this team might have under its new coaching staff. And now it's time to actually put it on the field and show what they can do.
1: Yeah, Dan, I think we've done about every single statistical analysis of Mike Riley and his career and and. Tendencies and I've, I've done my
2: best. I'm trying to break it all down. I'm a little bit sick of spending time on Oregon State's website.
1: <laughs> but now, you know, you get into fall camp here, guys, and uh, we're going to talk offense here in the show. Later on in the show, we'll have Jordan Camp on as well as Nathan Gary, um, and we'll, we'll talk recruiting as well with Nate Klaus. But um, let's stick to the offense here um, as, as we get ready to watch practice here over the weekend and uh, to kick things off. And clearly, we'll start with quarterback, Um, I don't think anyone's going to argue Tommy Armstrong is the guy um, when you look at the quarterback position. Um, But I think it's just how much better is he going to get um, and will he make those improvements mentally, uh, Robin, that we that really slowed him down?
3: Yeah, just from talking with him at media days, at least the good news is that it sounds like he's putting in the necessary effort to make those strides. Uh, you know, he said he was in the playbook basically every day, <coughs> was, <coughs> was getting guys together to uh, uh, you know, go throw, they got the quarterbacks together to go over the playbook. And so it's not only uh, just, you know, him learning the offense, but getting, you know, his teammates involved and uh, studying this thing as much as possible because it's... This is a completely different terminology, different philosophy that uh, is going to take some time to learn. And I guess, you know, if nothing else, the good news is that uh, led by Tommy Armstrong, the the offensive guys are, uh, you know, putting in the work necessary to get caught up. Well, if there's one thing we know about Tommy Armstrong, and pardon my French here, but he's not going to half-ass
2: it. This is a guy who is going to put in the work. He's willing to, you know, spend extra time in the film room. He's willing to, you know, uh, be that leader and call guys up. You know, at eight in the morning, and say, "Hey, I'm going to the stadium. Let's go get some throws in, or something like that." He's the type of guy who will do that stuff, and that's exactly what Nebraska needs out of him. Now, he's still going to have to be able to make those adjustments on the field because you look at his numbers from last year the the 53 percent completions. You know, some of those rough games that he had that's not going to be acceptable. But he is taking steps in the right direction. You know, he's a hard worker. He's going to do his best to. Uh, to
1: get to that next level, and we know Armstrong's is the guy. I think the one area too that I'm really intrigued in is that number two quarterback position. Uh, you know, a year ago, Riker Fife would have been right up in this conversation, but he didn't have a great spring. Um, you know, he was gone for a lot of the summer, so I think it's really a two horse race at this point between Zach Darlington and A.J. Bush, and you could argue Darlington may have the edge by what he looked like in the red-white game and the end of the spring, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how those guys come together uh, to be that number two quarterback.
3: Yeah, I, I agree that Darlington had the better spring game, but when you look at the entire spring session before that, it was pretty obvious that AJ Bush was, you know, one of the most up-and-coming guys in that group. Uh, you know, despite what Mike Riley said about Riker Fife at Media Days, how he's competing for the number two job, I think the reality is, most would agree that, like you said, it's it's between AJ Bush and Zach Darlington, and so uh, that I agree that's going to be an intriguing storyline to watch, and uh, I'm curious to see kind of how they you know divvy up the reps if they're going to continue to uh, get as many of those you know second, third team guys involved like they did in the spring uh, because uh, obviously they're they're gonna need to groom those guys just as much as they're gonna need to groom tommy
2: yeah i I agree with robin i mean as good as zach darlington looked in the spring game this was a guy who whose name didn't really crop up at all we didn't get
1: the reps until the third week yeah until
2: about the last week of spring practice that's kind of when he started to to get a little bit more of a look and and it's very important to remember that you know obviously you have to take the spring game with a grain of salt to begin with but A.J. Bush was going against what was essentially the starting defense. Zach Darlington was going against what was essentially the third-string defense. So there's going to be... Um,
1: you Give know, and take there.
2: Yeah, obviously A.J. Bush had a little bit tougher um, road to try and get through there. So I think that... It, This is probably a 50-50 battle right now. Whoever plays better over the next three weeks or month is probably going to be that backup heading into the opener.
1: You're listening to the HuskerOnline.com podcast. We're previewing offensive storylines here as fall camp begins here over the weekend. The Huskers will practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four straight days. Practices will all be at 7 p.m. Open to the media for us on Thursday and Sunday. No access Friday. We're going to be there Saturday, uh, but we don't get to watch practice Saturday. So we'll get to see two of the practices. Practices and uh, guys, the, the running back position, um, it's, you really can't replace Amir Abdullah. I, I don't think we should ever say are they gonna, how are they going to replace Amir Abdullah. You don't replace Amir Abdullah. But what are these other guys going to bring? Um, that, that is intriguing. Uh, they've kind of already put Terrell Newby out there out front. Um, but there's a lot of other four-star running backs. There's four four-stars on this roster, and they all came here to play.
3: One thing I will say, just from listening to Terrell Newby at the press conference the other day, was uh, regardless of what he does on the field, uh, he certainly has been groomed by Amir Abdullah at the press conference podium. Uh, he was a <coughs> straight, straightly business guy. Uh, you know, wasn't going to get into any hyperbole about what you know he could potentially be, and you know that he's won the starting job. Uh, he, he stuck with his um, you know day at a time mentality, and I think that that work that's kind of shows the work ethic that uh, Amir Abdullah instilled on him over the years. Uh, you know, Terrell Newby made it no secret that he tried to follow Amir Abdullah in every step and everything he did, whether it's workouts, studying playbooks, you know, practice effort. Uh, so he, he's kind of a, a little mini Amir in a way. It's just from his mentality standpoint. Now it's up to him to try and replicate that production on the field.
1: And, Dan, there's been a lot of talk about Jordan Stevenson, naturally because of the timing of how this thing has played out. And I've been on some of these shows um, where people ask me, do you think he could win the starting job? Personally, I don't think that's realistic. I mean, to to think a guy that hasn't trained all summer could win the starting job. Now, could he have a role? Maybe. Uh, But what are your thoughts on a guy like Stevenson, and could he potentially shake things up? Well,
2: I agree with you. It's completely unfair to ask him to come in and win a starting job. I mean, he's a true freshman who, two weeks ago, didn't even know where he was going to be playing college football. You know, he didn't have a playbook, didn't have anything like that. So, obviously, he's a very impressive kid physically. Um, You know, if you're – Wisconsin's top running back recruit. That's a school that has t- churned through some good running They've backs. They've so done that's, a pretty good job. In yeah, that. that says some good things for you um, if they value you highly. So, obviously, this is a very talented kid. But – and I, I agree with you. He could have a role in this offense, but there are so many different running backs who could have, um, you know – who could earn some carries here in fall camp. So I don't even know if it's a guarantee that he doesn't redshirt this season. I mean, he very well could play right away. But, I mean, if he's a little bit behind, Nebraska's got enough runners where they don't necessarily need another running back.
1: And, uh, you know, receiver, there's not a lot to talk about um, at this point. I mean, we know the big three, who those guys are. Alonzo Moore sounds like he's having a a good spring. So I'm going to move it right into the offensive line because I do think that's another position on this offense. Where there's a little bit of intrigue. There's six returning scholarship seniors. Ryan Reeves, Zach Stirrup are back off injuries. The new staff didn't get to work at them in the spring, but I, I think they're counting on a Ryan Reeves to maybe be the center. Uh, a Zach Stirrup and Givens Price kind of battle it out for that right tackle job. Um, so there is some intrigue, Robin, when, when you look at some of these offensive line uh, guys because there's a lot of younger players and veteran guys that are fighting right now.
3: Yeah, that was probably some of the best news to come out of the press conference when Alex Lewis said that both Reeves and Stirrup were 100% healthy, ready to go uh, for the start of fall camp because obviously they're going to need those guys, especially Ryan Reeves. I mean, if he's healthy, he's clearly the number one center. And, you know, physically from from just a, a, a body makeup standpoint, he provides Nebraska with a center that just from size that they haven't had in a long time. So uh, that he He's a, he's a crucial part in that front five, and they really need him to stay healthy and be the type of player that we all you know have been hoping that he'd become someday.
1: And these guys love Mike Cavanaugh, Dan, um, the offensive line coach. You heard a lot of the players talk about Cav. He was down at Fan Day taking photos with the families, and I I'll be interested to see how these guys play for Mike Cavanaugh.
2: I mean, you just you see Cavanaugh on the sidelines. He's kind of a a shorter little guy, you know, just running around with all these giant offensive linemen. But he he's just got, he's got a different kind of energy, I think. And you see him on Twitter posting pictures, having guys over for barbecues and stuff. I think he's really built a relationship with these offensive linemen. He's made himself a guy that they want to play for. And that's really important with the positional coach.
1: And how about Alex Lewis? I mean, he kind of threw a little bit of a jab at the old staff, saying that they never had gatherings like that as the offensive line before. And he, he was glad that they were able to get together as a group um, at, at the coach's house.
3: Yeah, and I think that kind of speaks a lot to, to the, the continuity issues that you had up front. I mean, not only did they have their injury issues, but, you know, you're having two offensive line coaches that, you know, there's, I'm sure, some some riffs of who who actually is who calls of, the yeah, shots. Who, who's, who's in charge of that group. I agree. And, and now you got a guy like Mike Cavanaugh, who's about the most, uh, you know, boisterous personality that you can, you know, get, get around, and I think he's really taken control of that room and uh, really solidified uh, probably a lot of problems that the group was uh, facing over the past few years.
2: Yeah. Alex Lewis was throwing a little bit of shade yesterday, I mean you guys kind of mentioned that and he also kind of talked about the old strength staff how on some of their lifting days they would be capped off at what weight they were allowed to lift. They had a set weight and they weren't allowed to go above that. This new strength staff has come in and allowed them to max out on certain lifts if they're feeling good on on a day or anything like that. So. Alex Lewis kind of came out firing yesterday.
1: (laughs) Well, guys, lots more to talk about here. We'll continue the show next. We're going to hear from wide receiver Jordan Westerkamp as uh, we get ready here to kick fall camp off.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And welcome back here to the podcast, Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, and Dan Hoppen, as we get ready to kick off fall camp here over the weekend. Nebraska practicing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They'll take Monday off, but the Mike Riley era officially underway as uh, we are edging closer and closer to the start of fall camp. And one of the key guys... Uh, Dan and Robin, this year for Mike Riley is going to be wide receiver Jordan Wester and you know we both, all of us had a chance to visit with Jordan at the Big Ten Media Days, and there's no doubt, Robin, he's going to, I think, have m- many more opportunities in this offense.
3: Yeah, and you could say that for all the wide receivers, but you know, particularly a guy like Wester Camp, uh, you know, we all know about his bond with Tommy Armstrong. You know, they're roommates and you know best friends on the team, and uh, we saw that really come to fruition last season. You know, when when Tommy was in a pinch, he looked for Jordan West camp and you know for good reason because Jordan came up with some of the uh, most difficult catches we've seen in some time here so obviously from a physical standpoint he is more than ready to take on that workload and uh, you know pair, pair him next to uh Pearsonell and Brandon Riley and he, maybe even Alonzo Moore and some of these young guys coming up uh, I think that it's going to be hard for defenses to put him in double coverages and uh, we've all seen what he can do when he has a chance to beat a guy one-on-one.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Um, I, I feel like Weshercamp's almost kind of flown under the radar this offseason. So many people have talked about Demorne Pearson, and there's no doubt he's going to have a huge role in this offense. You know, I, I do think Brandon Riley's gotten a good amount of pub, and he had a great spring. He deserves it, but Camp, man, I think he's probably going to put up the best numbers out of anybody. He runs great routes. He catches everything. Uh, I think he's just going to be an absolutely perfect fit yeah, here. I
3: think he gets taken for granted a
1: little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's hear more from Jordan Westerkamp as we caught up with him in Chicago. We're back here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast. Sean Callahan at the Big Ten Media Days in Chicago uh, here with uh, hometown native Jordan Westercamp. First of all, we're in your city, man. How does it feel to be back in Chicago, uh, kind of where it all started for you?
4: Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm glad to be back, get to see some family members, uh, get to go home after this. I don't have to get on a plane to go back uh Anywhere, so um, glad glad to be home, and I'm honored to be here representing the Huskers.
1: Now, do you do you like this? I mean, this is 900 media members. You got everybody in college football in Chicago right now, asking you everything <laughs> you could possibly imagine. I mean, what has it been like here uh, throughout the week?
4: Yeah, I, lo- I love the stuff. I love I love talking to you. You know, everybody. Um, it's, it's a good time, um, and it's part of the deal. You know, I, I love telling them about about our about our team, about our program. You know, you know what we've been doing. Um, it's it's been good. It's been a, kind of a hectic day, but yeah, uh, you know, we've we've been getting through it, and uh, it's it's great to see all these these coaches that have came in, all these players. I See familiar faces. You know, got guys from all over the, the conference. So it's 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 been a good deal.
1: I got to ask you, did you have a chance to ever talk with Pat Fitzgerald? I, I know uh, it was funny. He said that his record against Nebraska is one and two. He didn't mention one and three. Uh, he must have forgot about that Hail Mary. But did you get a chance to to talk to Coach Fitz?
4: Yeah, I saw him this morning when we were eating breakfast. He, he came right up to me and he said, Hey, what's up? What's up? He's, I mean I was real close to them you know in high school and stuff like that going through the whole recruiting process so it's always great to see him he's a great guy a great coach so um, yeah it's always good to see him uh, your
1: family they come up here and take in the lunch and, and the whole experience
4: yeah yeah uh, they, like I said they got some rooms here and they're 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 hanging out they, they love being a part of it they've they've been such great support for me and I love those guys and uh, yeah, so they've been to every one of my games, even when I redshirted. So they've, they've been there, always, always there for me.
1: Now I understand the players. You guys are going to stay an extra night, and are you going to treat the players to dinner at your house tonight, or?
4: Yeah, I think that's the. Uh, I think that's the plan. Um, I don't know if we're going to, you know, go back to my place, or if we're going to stay down here and go to a restaurant down here. But uh, I'm going to treat them, show them around, show them the ropes your roommate
1: to Tommy Armstrong how, how far has he come i know in the spring it was hard for everybody on the offense learning such a different system uh, you know just a different philosophy how have you seen Tommy progress just over the last few months
4: oh it's 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 been awesome he is uh, you know he's he's matured more and just like even over the past couple of years just as as a quarterback he's matured so much and he's become uh, you know his own his own guy and he's a great quarterback and he did a great job picking up the new offense you know his his position is the hardest to pick up because he's got to know everything. You know, As a receiver, I just got to know what one word means. He has to know eight words on for one play, know what everybody does. He's got to know checks. He's got to be able to read the defense. So he's done a great job with that, and um, um, it's been great to see that.
1: We're joined by Jordan Westerkamp here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast at Big Ten Media Days. Some of the other quarterbacks at the end of the spring, uh, they also came on. A.J. Bush had his moments, but Zach Darlington the last couple weeks came on. What have you seen? From Zach and AJ here over the summer
4: yeah I mean we have some we have some really good young quarterbacks and they've been they've been playing their their tails off and they've been doing some good things so um, um, I mean they're doing all the right things and they just got to keep you know striving to be better and keep doing doing good things because uh, come fall cap who knows what could happen you know with injuries and whatnot you know Tommy's our guy Tommy's our guy but uh, they, they got to be ready
1: you, know, you hear a lot, obviously, about you and DeMorne and Brandon Riley, Lonzo Moore, the kind of the veteran groups coming back at receiver. Uh, but some young guys coming in, Stanley Morgan, LeVan Alston. Uh, I've heard a lot of guys talk about Stanley Morgan. What have you seen from Stanley here over the summer?
4: Yeah, he's a good player and good athlete. Um, he catches the ball real well. Um, just from doing that like, cohen work with him, he's, he's pretty athletic. So um, it's good to see that of a young guy because, um, you know, we've lost a couple of guys here, so we're going to need people to step up. And, uh, you know, we're... As a, as a wideout unit, everybody as a whole, we're really looking forward to this year. I feel like we can really, really shine in this offense. You've got
1: a new coach, Keith Williams, and uh, he confidence not lacking with Coach Williams. He's a very confident, fun guy that seems like a player's coach. Yeah. Uh, former NFL players are coming back to work out. Kenny Bell came back to work yeah. out with them. Now, were you guys able, the current players, you couldn't work out with those guys, right?
4: Yeah, no, we, we could not work out with them, but we were able to watch. We could just watch, so um, like we, we would go and watch the wideouts and whatnot, and I mean, it's really cool to see those guys come back because it just shows, you know, how much respect those guys have for Coach Williams. So it's cool to see that, you know, it makes us want to (laughs) work. Like, I see that, I'm like, man, I mean, he he must really know what he's talking about. Like, I really want to learn from this guy and continue to learn from him. So, you know, we're lucky to have a guy like that. And um, it's been a real unique situation being able to learn so much from Coach Fisher, um, who was a great receiver coach, and now learning from him really cool to have so much variety in your game so it's it's been it's been great
1: how did kenny bell stack up with uh those nfl receivers
4: <laughs> he uh he's an nfl receiver too but right, not quite yet right 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 i mean you got like james jones was there who's james jones so um kenny did a good job he did a good job it's a little bit different uh for kenny because he hasn't been working with coach williams for um for, long, for that long so um but kenny looked good looked really good
1: the Jordan Western Camp here uh, on the HuskerOnline.com podcast. You guys will practice again at night. I know that was something I believe Coach Pelini did as well. As a player, do you like waiting all day and letting the sun go down going out at 7, or would you rather kind of be an afternoon or morning guy?
4: Um, I would prefer mornings or late at night just because I don't, I don't want to be out in that afternoon, right in the midday when it's the hottest. But I mean, we have, we have full days during fall camp, so we'll probably do like walkthroughs during the day or something like that and then practice at night. So. We're still going to get after it at night, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be lucky. We won't have the sun burning on us, so we'll be able to get after it. Um, but we're looking forward to it. It's not even a week away.
1: So when is, like, you, you start practice at night, but when is the first meeting and stuff? Is it, like, after lunch, or do you guys have meetings in the morning, even on the days of the night practices?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I think our day starts pretty early. Um, and I haven't got the exact itinerary yet, but uh, I know we'll, we'll meet during the mornings and have, like, a, a mid uh, mid morning lunch or something and then uh, a little bit more meetings and some time off and then practice.
1: Jordan Camp here I guess in Chicago. Well Jordan enjoy your, uh, your weekend here in Chicago with friends and family and uh, looking forward to seeing you back in Lincoln when practice starts on Thursday. Alrighty, thank you very much. Alright, we'll talk defense next here in the HuskerOnline.com podcast.
0: This is HuskerOnline.com your authority on Nebraska
1: athletics. And we're back here on the podcast as we are getting ready to kick off fall camp, Sean Callahan, Robin Washit, Dan Hop, but it's Christmas morning here for the Husker Online Crew as we've survived another summer. We did it again, guys. Uh, the offseason is over, and we are ready to get rolling with fall camp. And uh, we've talked all about the offense. We've heard from Jordan Westercamp. Uh, let's shift things over now to the defense. And uh, when you look at things, um, Robin, it starts with this new scheme. Um, it's supposedly faster and more aggressive. Um, Josh Banderas kind of gave the money quote It looks like we're going to be blitzing every play, um, the reads are less. Um, and Nathan Garia said that. It's like a high school defense, but he doesn't want to say that because it kind of might be insulting, but he did say it, so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Josh Banderas said the exact same thing, and, you know, he said that it's like – it's a, you have one job and it's you know read and react, whereas opposed you know, the other part of that money quote uh, in the previous scheme, he he called it sometimes they got into paralysis by analysis where guys were thinking so much about what their individual task was and uh, you know not making the right or the, the the wrong read or being in the wrong position because as we all saw over the years, if one guy was out of place or made a made a wrong assignment uh, it would result in a touchdown. I mean, it happened time and time again. And that, that was kind of the, that was easily the, 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 the one dark point on Bopellini's scheme. I mean, when it was run to perfection, it was as good as any defense out there. But unfortunately, when you're relying on a bunch of college kids to execute that level of defense, uh, it's not going to happen perfectly uh, that that often. And so uh, the, the the simplified uh, skeleton, as Banderas called it, of the old defense with, with this new scheme, I think is going to really help uh, these guys pick it up and really master what they're supposed to do as opposed to guessing on every play.
2: You made a really important point there, Robin, that, uh, that Nate Gary talks a lot about. At big 10 media days and that's in that old scheme if one guy was out of place or if he missed a tackle all of a sudden you're looking at a 20-yard run or you know a busted coverage or something like that this year he said there you know if there's a broken tackle or somebody messes up there's going to be four or five other guys there hopefully that should be you know in the vicinity to help make that tackle or slow the runner down you know as opposed to there just being more wide open space so you know, obviously we have to kind of temper our expectations and see what this actually looks
1: like. But as far as all the talk
2: goes and what the players have said, it's nothing but encouraging. We're
1: talking defensive storylines here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Dan Hoppen. And, you know, I think the the two big questions for me, guys, number one, are they going to get a pass rush off the edge? Uh, this is the first time they haven't had just that bona fide speedy pass rusher. Jack Gangwish and – Greg McMullen are solid players. They're not true pass rushers. And obviously, linebacker, I still have a lot of questions naturally uh, because the margin for error is very thin. We're expecting guys like Josh Banderas to come in and play like Josh Banderas was supposed to as a recruit. And, you know, even um, Michael Rose Ivy coming off that injury.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that if this defense stays 100% healthy and the guys live up to their potential, they're going to be pretty darn good. But the, the odds of that happening for you know a full season, you know, unfortunately, probably aren't that good. So uh, these guys are going to have to kind of get it together and get get some depth at some key positions, especially at linebacker. But as far as that pass rush is concerned, I think that that probably is what Josh Banderas was hinting at a little bit by saying you're probably going to think we're blitzing on every play. Well, probably because they are going to be blitzing quite a bit uh, because they don't have those true-to-find Randy Gregory pass rushers off the edge. They're going to have to get creative and uh, give offenses some different looks and try and get some perspective. Uh, protection breakdowns to get to the quarterback
1: can they get it up the middle dan that that that's i think what they're going to have to do can malik collins and vincent valentine a get to the quarterback on their own consistently or b can they just draw maybe an extra blocker or two to put a lot of one-on-one situations because i i envision jack Gangwish having a lot of one-on-ones he's not going to get double teamed very often and those are the situations a guy like Gangwish is going to have to take advantage of.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think Nebraska is going to have much of a choice. They're going to have to get pressure from those middle two guys that you mentioned and Kevin Williams, who I thought provided some good pressure last year. But if they don't, I mean, I, I'm just not sure where it's going to come from because Greg McMullen, he's a great player. He's just not that pass rush type of guy. He's more of an edge setter. He's kind of more end. of a five technique. Exactly, yeah. Um, Jack Gangwish, he. Plays his butt off, we all know that, but he's pretty inexperienced. He's got half a sack in his career, and there's nobody behind those two that has any kind of experience. So, you know, as as you look at this Nebraska defense, if they're going to generate pressure, it's going to have to be from those middle guys or it's going to have to be off blitzes.
1: You know, if they just had more linebackers, they seriously could play a 3-4 right now. Oh, right? absolutely. Because all of their defensive linemen fit the 3-4 scheme they just don't have the linebackers to fill the the the, the other four spots.
2: Yeah, I think Greg McMullen's got a shot to be potentially a starting three-four end in the NFL once he moves on to the next level. You got your
1: nose guard in Valentine. Collins definitely could play a five. Oh yeah. You know, Gang no Gangwish could I don't know if Gangush could play a five, but he I mean, he'd fit that role still.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing about Gangwish, you know, the the one thing he commented on is that this new scheme that we were talking about really fits his skill set so much better than the old system and that, uh, you know, uh, he's kind of known as as the wild man out there and he referred to this as a pin your ears back and go kill somebody type defense. So (laughs) if anybody is going to benefit from this change of uh, defensive approach, it might be Jack Gangwish.
1: I love how he's just not trained. I mean, usually a lot of these Fifth-year senior guys have been through the media ringer, and yep. they're overly careful. Not Jack Ganglish. I mean, he he speaks from uh, the heart when he's up
3: there. I hope he keeps it up all season <laughs> long because he's gold.
1: <laughs> Sean Callahan, Robin Washa, Dan Hoppen. we're previewing defensive storylines here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast for fall camp. And, you know, I, I want to shift over to newcomers. I, I do think there are a handful of guys, and I'm just going to throw a couple names out there. Aaron Williams, number one. Um, and Dedrick Young. I think those are the two freshmen that probably stand the best chance. But looking at like Antonio Reed yesterday, I mean, there's some pretty physically and fresh, impress- uh, impressive freshman guys on this defense.
3: That's the great thing about the way college football is nowadays. Is that you know, you no longer need freshmen to come in and adjust physically most of the time. If you're recruiting the right athlete, they're they're ready to play from day one. And you know, from the people that attended fan day and saw the freshman lines, uh, you you can see that. I mean, some of these guys are put together like you know, 22 year old men. And so uh, I certainly think that there's a, a handful of impact guys in that in this incoming freshman class and. I think, you know, but D- Dedrick Young is not only going to play, he's got a chance to start. He could start, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he was ex- exceptional in spring ball just, you know, for being an early enrollee freshman. And now that he has that experience on top of a full summer of strength and conditioning, I think he's going to look like uh, the real deal this fall.
2: Well, heck, who knows?
3: I mean, Byerson
2: Cockrell comes into fall camp. He's
3: coming off an injury.
2: Mike Riley said he should be good to go. But you just got to remember, stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that crops up. And I think he's definitely next in line for playing time and – but, you know, you look especially at that linebacker position. You mentioned Dedrick Young already, but, you know, don't rule out guys like uh, Muhammad Barry or maybe even an Adrian Talent. Or Tyron Ferguson. Or Tyron Fergus. I mean, just the lack of depth at that position is yeah. going to give those guys a chance. That's why I think you look at guys like Eric Lee, maybe an Avery Anderson. Those guys might be more talented overall, but corner is so crowded. Yeah. And
1: defensive line as well. I don't think any of those guys are ready yet. I yeah. mean, the Davis twins maybe could be ready, but – Redshirt him, let him develop, learn behind Collins and Valentine.
2: And I think you'd say the same thing with Deshaun Neal. I mean, that's a guy who could potentially get pushed into service, but I think ideally you'd want him to spend a year in the strength and conditioning program
1: learning things. Yeah, because they're really counting on freedom uh, to come in there and, and be maybe that third defense. And Ross deserves yeah, don't, don't leave out Ross. And uh, his dad, Bob, I'm sure listening, uh, HOL member and head coach at Plattsville. But yeah, Ross is kind of the poor man's Jack Gangwish in a lot of ways, where, you know, an in state kid, hardworking, um, and he could be next year's Jack Gangwish.
2: Well, yeah, if, if you look at Jack Gangwish at this point last year, It's exactly Ross DeZuris' situation. He's a walk-on guy. How about that mustache? He's got a heck of a mustache. If if we were going just off facial hair, he'd be a starter.
1: Raleigh Fingers would be proud of that. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing kind of what he does and and freedom because they'll be your top four defensive ends um, ahead of Joe Keels and A.J. Natter and some other guys right now. But uh, we come back, we're going to pick up our conversation. We have Nathan Gary coming up as our special guest here on the HOL Podcast.
0: This is HuskerOnline.com,
1: your authority on Nebraska athletics. Talking defense still here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast as fall camp begins to open here over the weekend. Huskers will practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and make sure you are on HuskerOnline.com for the entire weekend as we will have blowout wall-to-wall coverage of fall camp, everything from Practice breakdowns, practice observations, photo galleries, video reports, um, as much coverage as you're going to get anywhere, as we will have uh, up to five to six people at every practice representing HuskerOnline.com bringing you the best coverage here as we kick off the Mike Riley era. And uh, as I bring back in Robin Washington and Dan Hoppen, one of the key players uh, for this Mike Riley era will be safety Nathan Gary, who a year ago – Uh, We didn't even know he was going to start until Leroy Alexander, um, you know, failed his drug test, and Nathan Gary kind of moved into that role. And not only did he start, he was arguably the best defensive back they had on the team.
2: Oh, I I think without question he was the best defensive back. He was second team All-Big Ten. And so many people <clears throat> have focused on how this new free-flowing defense is going to help out the linebackers like Josh Banderas. And maybe, you know, we talked about the defensive ends and Jack Gangwish. I think it's going to make a really big difference for guys like Nate Gary, too. He talked to Big Ten Media Days about how he would kind of be contained to a certain part of the field. And he was still able to pick off five passes last year. Now he's being allowed to kind of read the quarterbacks more try and read their eyes i wouldn't be surprised if we see that interception number jump a couple this season
1: i think he's all big Ten first team player and you think about it robin he had a couple interceptions the miami game it got called back i mean i think he had like two interceptions that were called off for penalty last year yeah
3: he's a true ball hawk in every sense of the word and uh, I think it's just I was so impressed with you know his attitude. I mean he's he's not only you know got a great composure up in front of you know being the, that team leader setting, but uh, he's kind of got got a little chip on his shoulder, and you can see it uh, with you know the, the way that um, you know he made comments about you know kind of being uh, the the younger guy that was ignored in previous years. And I think that he's really kind of taken this leadership role by the horns, and is going to be a huge asset for this new coaching staff as they transition. and If you remember back in spring, Mark. Bank banker actually you know made made a comment you know he was kind of getting after Nate for not making a play in in just a a normal drill and Nate's kind of like why are you getting after me and he's like and Baker says it's because you're Nate Jerry and I know that you can be great and so the, the coaching staff realizes what they have in him and they're gonna do everything to get to maximize his potential
1: well let's hear more from Nathan Gary as I caught up with him in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days Nathan first of all what's this experience been like for you almost 900 media members here in Chicago asking you probably about everything you can imagine
5: uh, it's nice, uh, you know, finally getting that uh, football atmosphere back in it, um, kind of getting the, the football groove again. It's nice knowing that fall camp's around the corner, so uh, it's nice to just to sit down and talk football again.
1: Craziest thing you've been asked today?
5: What, what, the craziest thing I've been asked is what's the craziest thing, and that's probably happened to me, and that was probably when I cut my finger off in second grade.
1: How'd you do that?
5: Uh, I, had, I was trying to get to the inside of a baseball, because um, there's a bouncy ball in there, and I had some scissors and I was trying to dig at it with the start couldn't find the start of the string and it slipped through and kind of glazed my finger and I thought I just cut it and I would let my finger go or whatever and it just started dangling by skin. Yeah. Now you,
1: you've been obviously with Coach Riley uh, since since he was hired, but trips like this you get to spend a little bit more time, a little bit more personal time with them. What maybe have you learned about Coach Riley uh, just these last couple days here in Chicago?
5: Uh, he. He's the same person always, you know, whenever you see him, if you see him out in the streets or you see him downtown Lincoln, he's, he's going to be the same person in the, in the meeting rooms. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I really enjoy is that um, the way he goes about his day and the way he approaches his business, um, it's always the same. And you know, that's just one thing as a player. He's a player's coach. So that's one thing that uh, I enjoy.
1: Nathan Gary, our guest here on the HuskerOnline.com podcast here in Chicago at the Big Ten Media Days. Nate, when, when you go back and kind of reflect on your road from Sioux Falls to Nebraska, uh, did you ever think it was going to come this fast? Because obviously guys in South Dakota don't get the notoriety and the recruitment attention.
5: Uh, no, I didn't know it was going to come this fast. Um, you know, I just kind of growing up, it was just one of those things that you don't see much coming out of South Dakota. And um, that's just kind of one of those things that you want to be that guy t- to be able to overcome that obstacle, and uh, you know, I was thankful enough to um, get the opportunity under Pellini to come play for Nebraska, and um, I'm just, I'm just humbled. And I'm, I never thought I would be at the Big Ten Media Days ever in my life, but uh, you know, I've had a great time here so far.
1: Now, there's a teammate at your former high school that Nebraska is heavily recruiting right now. Matt Farniak, four-star offensive lineman, has a lot more. I mean, probably the most offers I've ever seen on a South Dakota guy. What do you think Nebraska's chances are of landing him?
5: I think the chances of getting Matt are probably pretty high. I think uh, Matt really enjoys the, the same things that I enjoy just because I know Matt as a, as a friend. Uh, you know, I played with Matt and I uh, played with his brothers as well, and my brothers play with him. And we, families know him, so um, I think that Nebraska has a good chance of getting him, but like you said, he does have a lot of offers and opportunities, and um, you know his parents are going to let him make the decision where he wants to go and what he feels best at.
1: Go back to the defense I we're talking about—the new transition with the market banker. Uh, how far have you come since the spring, and, and what is your comfort level going into the season with a new defensive
5: system? My um, its its not where it was back um, last or two springs ago, I guess you would say. Uh, I was a lot, i was a little more comfortable last year, where you know, I you know, kind of it was able to sit back because I already knew the defense, but now. Um, I don't know. Really, don't know really what to look forward to in fall camp. I don't know what type of things Banker's going to do with you know inst- installation and uh, things like that. So right now I'm kind of kind of nerve wrecked, but uh, you know I think everything will play out and we'll be all right.
1: You guys play BYU out of the gates. Probably one of the tougher openers Nebraska's had uh, in a long time. What do you know early about BYU and and, and the challenge that playing their quarterback Taysom Hill and some of the guys they have right now?
5: Uh, I know the core. He's a he's a great athlete, and he 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 plays hard. Um, So you know, I know he's the motor of that team. So um, thinking ahead, you know, that's that's the guy we got to stop if we want to win that football game. Is you know, we got we got to take the heart and soul out of the team, and uh, I think that's their guy.
1: Well, Nate, thanks a lot here, and best of luck as you get ready to start fall camp next week.
5: Thank you, appreciate it.
1: And we come back here on the podcast. We'll bring in Nate Klaus, and we'll get an update on what's going on in the world of Husker recruiting.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority
1: on Nebraska athletics. Final segment of the show here as we're getting ready to preview fall camp, but still a lot going on in recruiting. And uh, we bring in Nate Klaus of HuskerOnline.com to give us the latest, as it really has been um, a pretty eventful month of July and early August, Uh, first with the Jordan Stevenson announcement. I mean, we haven't really had a chance on the podcast to even discuss This whole turn of events and how it all played out. It's been well uh, covered on the site, but uh, he's on campus. Um, You know, he got here fast. And, you know, Nate, you you have a good relationship with Bill Bush, his former uh, recruiting coach at Wisconsin, who you worked with closely at Nebraska. And uh, you've got some pretty good insight about Jordan Stevenson and just kind of what the previous Wisconsin staff
6: thought of him. They absolutely love Jordan Stevenson. They, they thought that he was one of the best, if not the best, running back in the entire country. Uh, and when they landed his commitment, uh, I mean, they, they they basically threw a party uh, when when they got that. And and it was purely because of Bill Bush. You know, a lot of teams uh, kind of, you know, steered clear of Jordan Stevenson because he had a lot of work to do academically. But uh, Bill Bush, you know, went in um, with a plan, put that plan together uh, to get him cooperative. Uh, qualified and really stayed with him every step of the way and, and you know I've seen him in action and, and when uh, when he's wanting to get a kid qualified uh, it's almost overbearing but but he knows every move he, and and he has a relationship with all the teachers the counselors everyone in school uh, and he knows um, you know every assignment that's due and on everything so uh, Bill Bush absolutely played a large role in, in getting him qualified and um, you know he couldn't get into Wisconsin for whatever reason, uh, but the Huskers come out big and uh, land a very big commitment with Jordan Stevenson. Well, and it's
1: something I we were, I was able to talk at Media Days with a group of media reporters to Barry Alvarez, the Wisconsin Athletic Director, just about the admissions battles they have there, and I, I guess they've changed it. Uh, where five years ago you could go to the individual college and they could handle it case by case, now it goes through the general overall admissions, not the college. And uh, that's what they're fighting to go back. And I think this Stevenson situation is about the third one of these that's happened for them where a high-profile guy had been qualified, but they still couldn't get him into school. And if you're trying to beat Ohio State and beat Nebraska and beat Michigan and beat Michigan State, that's a bad deal. I mean, you need these kinds of guys. I'll be curious if um, Wisconsin's going to kind of revisit that here for next year.
6: They've got to. And and that's part of the reason why Gary Anderson left in the first place because, you know, they went into that, uh, that you know, situation thinking that they'd be able to recruit junior college players and, and get some borderline guys in. And, well, it turns out that, that they couldn't get any – junior college players in so they had to pull out of that market and then like you said they had you know two or three two or three guys that, that couldn't uh, that were qualified but couldn't gain admissions to Wisconsin and uh, and I know for a fact that they had to cut several guys loose um, you know after they had committed because admissions said hey this kid doesn't have a chance to get in we're not going to let him in so um, it's a tough situation and it's something that that they need to to readdress
1: now uh, it'll be interesting now with Stevenson he's coming in here he hasn't trained all summer and I think from the Nebraska standpoint, that's where you're probably concerned. You know, he has high expectations to play, but he hasn't been here. Um, but he's athletic 40 inch vertical, 4 4 speed, 10 5 in the 100 electronic. He has all the physical tools. I just wonder, Nate, if they can get a role for this guy early on or if they're going to have to redshirt him.
6: I think what we'll see is, is uh, you know, Mike Riley, Danny Langstorff kind of uh, find a niche in this offense uh, to use Jordan Stevenson. Now, obviously, he's going to have to get uh, back up to par, uh, you know, as far as his conditioning goes, because he's been focused on getting qualified this summer and hasn't been, you know, in a college strength conditioning program all summer long. So it's going to take a little adjustment from in that regard. But uh, I think what we'll see is Danny Langstorff, uh, Mike Riley come together and, and uh, figure out real quick what exactly he does really well and and maybe make a you know create a little niche or a little package for him uh, and then kind of spoon feed him going forward
1: sean callahan nate klaus here we're talking recruiting storylines as fall camp begins here over the weekend here on the huskeronline.com podcast and one of the guys and everyone's still watching is quarterback terry wilson and what's going to happen with his recruitment? Um, he's moved his visit up, I believe, Nate, to the South Alabama game. Now, is that correct?
6: Is visiting Nebraska for South Alabama was going to be coming in for the Wisconsin game, but actually, uh, that now that is going to be the weekend that he visits Oregon.
1: So, in the BYU game, are they as of now? Are there any officials coming in at this point?
6: A couple kids, uh, but their their commitments at this point in time. Now, the big uncommitted player that is you know kind of targeting to come in that weekend is uh, five star linebacker Ward is out of California the rated the number one overall player in the state of California uh, soft verbal commitment to USC has a very strong relationship with uh, with Trent Bray and is excited uh, to get up here uh, you know for that visit And hasn't been set in stone yet but I looked for that to happen
1: but back to Terry Wilson so he'll be coming to Nebraska South Alabama game still plans to visit Oregon in in October
6: um, it will be uh, I believe yeah October 9th
1: What's your read on the situation? I mean, is Oregon truly interested in him as a quarterback or an athlete? Or, I mean, is this Scott Frost trying to troll Nebraska a little bit here? I mean, what do you think, though? I mean, what's your read on the whole situation? Well,
6: I'm more concerned about it now than I was – you know, a month ago, or or even you know, especially two months ago, when he first got the offer, um, you know, heading into into June. So, um, you know, I, th- I absolutely think that Oregon wants him as a quarterback. I, I think they they see him as a as a player that uh, fits their system uh, extremely well, uh, and that they maybe overlooked uh, to begin with. And and I, as as you know, time has kind of progressed. he's developed a really good relationship with Scott Frost and. You know, one thing that I think is kind of going uh, unnoticed or th- something that people aren't talking about is I—I um, I guarantee you, Scott Frost has said to him, "Hey, look, coming out of high school, I was a real athletic quarterback. Uh, I thought that I was uh, going to be able to go to a pro style offense, play for Bill Walsh, yeah, go to a pro style offense uh, and be be a passer. And it just didn't work out for me. It didn't fit. <sighs> it didn't fit what I did well. Um, you know, so then I, I transferred to, back to Nebraska, was able to be use my my athleticism." as a quarterback um, in a system that fit my my true skills and I won a national championship I promise you uh, that that he has kind of laid out that experience said hey look I know what you're going through uh, come to Oregon um, you know, we just had a Heisman winner and uh, and we're, we're going to be fighting for national well and he's competitive
1: too, too. I mean mm-hmm. he wanted the Nebraska oh, job yeah. and I'm
6: sure that plays into it
1: guys from 50 miles away got the job that he had a lot of success against and mm-hmm. that didn't sit well with Scott. I mean, I, I know that. So there, there has to be a little bit of competitive drive to say, Hey, you know, I can still, I can take guys from um, these guys and, and it'll be interesting to see um, as we wrap the show up here, Nate, any other uh, briefly here, uh, just other visitors. I know Steven Smothers visited, uh, but has already committed to West Virginia. So. Yeah,
6: he had a couple visitors this past week. Uh, Mulba Carr, a running back, linebacker out of Austin, Texas, who's a tremendous athlete, uh, visited. And I, I think Nebraska is, you know, uh, in great position with him. Steven Smothers, the four-star wide receiver out of Maryland, uh, spent four days at Nebraska. Uh, visit went extremely well. Uh, had planned to, to come back for an official visit. Uh, but uh, the day after he heads back home to Maryland, he pulls the trigger for West Virginia. West Virginia. That's so,
1: like the record for. I've never heard of a four-day unofficial.
6: Yeah, that's it was. Uh, yeah, one of the longer unofficials that that uh, that I've seen for a very long time. That's but, a lot of money they spend. Well, up. yeah, it's, it's extremely uh, you know expensive to, to do something like that. So uh, then that's why the timing of the West Virginia commit uh, was a little was a little strange to me. Uh, you'd think that uh, he would have spaced that out a little bit longer, especially since I know he had a great time in Lincoln.
1: Well, Nate, looking forward to fall camp and uh, reading the practice observations from you and uh, the other guys here on the staff as uh, we get ready to kick things off here over the weekend.
6: Absolutely, and there's going to be a lot more visitors uh, coming forward too, so it should be a good time.
1: Well, that wraps it up here for another edition of the HOL Podcast. We'll obviously have much more next week's show as we'll have a full week of practice underneath our belts to talk about here. But thanks again for joining us here on the HOL Podcast.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week on HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.